welcome to the Nutrition Burnout Podcast, your home for food and body obsession. I'm your host, Christy Brown, founder and creator of Intuitively Strong. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the episode that is going to be so incredibly crucial for your future, for your body's future, for your mindset, what to do on bad body image days and why it happens and why it takes over us as very incredibly smart women, why going up a pound on the scale, why feeling like our pants are just not fitting right or getting a little bit snug can completely take a day that we thought was going to be great and wonderful and make us hate every inch of ourselves. Since this is part two of a two-part series, I suggest that you listen to episode 23 first and then obviously this one next. But if you're like, Christy, screw it. I just want to hear this one. No big deal. I'm here for you. It's going to make more sense if you listen to them back to back, but no worries whatsoever. You do you. That's what it's all about. All right. So we're going to get into this really crucial journey of what to do on bad body image days because every single one of us has them. Even the person you think has the most perfect body has really bad body image days. So let's get to it. So do you remember that movie, The Mean Girls with Lindsay Lohan? I love that movie, but I feel like we all have a mean girl or person inside of us. Like, you know, the one that talks to us when we catch that glimpse in the mirror, getting into the shower, like, whoa, you really let yourself go, Christy. Oh my gosh. Wow. That wasn't there last week. What did you do to yourself? And you know, the one's that say, yeah, go ahead, skip dinner because you need to fit into those shorts again. And you just went up a size last year. How are you going up another size? Like that monster that just replies back after you tried on all your summer clothes from last year. And as far as this mean girl goes, they can be quite fierce when provoked, when triggered or when compared to others or when judged. But the truth is that mean girl It is really your fear and your insecurities that are hurting inside. Uh, If I don't fit into those shorts, people are going to think I let myself go. People will not treat me well. They're going to think I am not healthy anymore. They're not going to take me seriously. They're going to think that I failed. And honestly, this mean girl inside of us, she's oddly trying to protect us from pain. Like that's her way of saying, I love you. Um, And from a lot of my clients, what I hear is that this inner narrative comes from our childhood and our parents just wanting us to be healthy. Or it comes from our parents berating themselves in the mirror and them thinking, oh, don't be like me, be healthier than me. But we've also got to remember our parents grew up in a different time um, when health meant something way different. Health meant being skinnier, being smaller, and always trying to be smaller, 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 right? Dainty. And now health is totally different, right? Or at least we're trying to get there. But our parents would say, no, you need to lose weight to be healthy. And, you know, I hear so many of my clients say that, that this is just kind of stuck in their head. Well, my mom will comment on my body shape, or my dad will say this about my, you know, me gaining weight. And uh, in a weird way, um, it's their way of saying, I love you, I care about you. But again, it's a very outdated way of saying that. So I want to, you know, protect those parents as well, because looking at it from both sides, like I said, they're just using a really outdated form of, of health um, and trying to display their love and care. So that's all I'm going to say from it from that end. Again, I don't know everybody's experience with this, but from mostly uh, from what I hear, we've got to, um, you know, really give our parents the, the benefit of the doubt, knowing that they did the best they could with what they knew at the time. So the reason I bring this up is because your inner mean girl 
is a lot like your subconscious parenting, telling yourself, don't eat that way or else you're going to look that way and nobody will ever love you and you're going to end up unhappy. Hello, childhood narrative coming in hot. Again, when this mean girl comes out or when you get scared to go to a family function because you're going to have to punch yourself in the face, what that means is you say it before somebody else does. So you don't get blindsided by it. Like, oh yeah, hey, how's it going? Good to see you. Oh, haven't seen you in a while. Hey, I know I've gained weight, but listen, it's the stress and work and blah, blah, blah. I'm working on it. Don't worry. Like that's punching yourself in the face, right? Hey, good to see you. I've gained weight and I know it. So you don't have to say anything about it because I already understand what's happening, right? We all do it. We all did it all those things. But really that mean girl in our head is, is saying, tell everybody so that, you know, you can get in front of it, right? You're eight miling it. You're saying it before they can, before we really start to get into this, like in depth of why this happens, we have to understand that our mean girl is basically our pain and our fear and our insecurities, which makes perfect sense as to why it's so scary when she gets in the spotlight of our brain. You know, you're putting all these, don't eat that food. You're going to gain weight, blah, blah, blah in my head. And it's it's freaking me out. It's only giving me more anxiety to think about. And this just puts us into more panic mode. So now that we've truly discovered who she is, she's our fears and our insecurities. Now we can actually begin to help her, which ultimately helps ourselves because she's really just here to protect us. And this is why we get that voice inside our head that says, get skinny, you have to lose weight now. But we know inside what they really mean is get skinny so either other people can approve of you and accept you. And we don't wanna be, you know, the one that's being talked about behind everybody's back. And you know, when you turn around to go to the dessert table, they're gonna talk about, oh wow, can't believe she wore that dress. I mean, deep down inside, that is our biggest fear. Our understanding of the mean girl is that they want us to succeed and our mean girl monster inside is like a really bad pageant mom that thinks our worthiness just lies in the victory of winning first place, you know, on the crown. But they mean well, again, they're just going about it the wrong way. So our mean girl going in deeper into this. She can often put goggles over our eyes. And we talked about this in the last uh, episode a little bit, but it makes us see ourselves in the world very differently. I'm going to prove it to you right now. Listen, if you can remember a time when you felt good about your body, like literally five, you in the morning, you were like, I feel really good about my body today. Then suddenly maybe you saw a picture from time hop come up, or maybe you saw a friend that just lost 15 pounds and you're like, wow, now I feel disgusting. Now, all of a sudden you're like, wow, I don't feel good about myself. Uh, I need to lose weight. I need to do all this. Well, this mean girl, she has some really funny tricks that she can pull on us because it manipulates us into thinking that they're right. Because again, our fear is always going to scream the loudest. Our fear and our insecurities are there for a reason. They're built into us biologically because we're thinking back in primal days, our brains are still like lizard brains. They're still so old trying to keep us alive. Um, and survival is always on their mind. And we never wanted to get pushed out of our tribes. We never wanted to be the person that got exiled or banned because you can't survive on your own. You have to live with a community in a village. So we did everything we could to fit in and uh, do our part and be an asset. So that's why we have such a hard, hardwired drive within us to just go, go, go to do, do, do to say, Hey, did you see that? Look, I chopped down that tree. I made wood. See, I did something useful. You can't get rid of me. Right. That type of thing. And we still do it in, in a different way today, but it's to be accepted by society. And believe me, whether you want to or not, it's within you. So think of your 
mean girl, this inner monster that's always telling you that you're not good enough to lose weight, to not eat that. You're too fat. Think of this as your monster, like slipping a pair of anxiety goggles on your head and like transmitting fear into your psyche. And again, they're only trying to protect you, but they're like, look, they're literally turning your head saying, look over there. There could be danger. I don't know if there is, but we need to make sure there isn't. So what we have to do in times like this is understand that we're going through a certain season of our lives. Look, I tell my clients all the time, this is just a season of your life. It's not going to last forever. Um, a lot of times I go through this with my beginner clients when we're walking into the world of food freedom and I give them step-by-step uh, instructions how to you know, allow yourself full permission on all foods. And it feels weird at first. It feels awkward. It feels uncomfortable. It feels like you're breaking a law, but you're not. You're just habituating those foods back into your lives. So we really have to tell our brain, like, listen, we've tried that before, all the dieting, all the battles, uh, all the force, all of the restriction, telling ourselves, bargaining with ourselves that we can't have that food unless we work out today, or we can't have a role unless we give up the wine, all those things. But it doesn't work anymore. All of that, like berating ourselves in hopes that it's going to motivate us. It doesn't work. Could you imagine? Could you imagine uh, living with a roommate? I always think of this mean girl as the roommate in your head that never leaves. And um, Michael A. Singer says this uh, in the book called The Untethered Soul. And he talks about the roommate in your head, how it's just always there. It's the voice in your head that is talking about, oh, did you get this done today? Blah, 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 blah. Like right when you're trying to go to bed, right? You got the TV off, your eyes are closed, your splint is in, your glasses are off and you're like, I just need to go to bed. And it's like, okay, but don't forget this tomorrow. Oh, and, the, and you didn't do this today. So make sure you get that done, blah, 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 right? Hey, I wonder if we got grapes. Did we get grapes? I don't know. Maybe I should repaint the house. Maybe the, just the door. Like all those weird things that you're like, oh my God, just go to bed. That is the roommate in our head and they do not stop talking. So we have to try something new. Like imagine if that roommate were always like, you're worthless, you're terrible. Why are you doing this? Could you imagine living with someone like that? But in reality, you do. You live with somebody like that right now. And it's the the monster in your head. It's the mean girl. We're giving them the spotlight saying, okay, take over because clearly the squeaky wheel is, is getting the most attention right now, right? It's the one that's yelling, screaming on fire saying, the place is going to burn down. Everything's going to die. The sky is falling when really somebody just lit a match and we're fine. They blew it out, but they're taking this into like a whole big thing. So don't forget that you actually have the power here. You are the one in control of the spotlight. So by using her as a way to berate you, to motivate you, that's not helping. Like I said, you've done it before. It doesn't work. So now we're going to try something new and it's called compassion. <laughs> compassion is something I hated because I'm like, compassion's dumb. It's for people who give up on themselves. You know, we got to work harder. We got to do, 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 go, 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 go. But the more I'm, you know, reading into uh, self-actualization, books on psychology and uh, neurotransmitters, and uh, I love the science of the brain and how it works. And I love how complex the human brain is because it truly is. Like even robots and scientists can't figure out exactly how to build another human brain because we are such complex species because we think on our own. We have minds that can think in different ways based on the events that we've been through in the past, our social standards, things like that. But we are in control of it. 
And when we think about how just amazing our brains are, what we do is in our society now, we've been told to go, 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 don't stop, work hard, um, and go hard, no days off, all those things, and don't stop until you're number one. And I think as I get older too, I'm just realizing that I've lived that life and I had no life because of it. And yeah, it's great to work hard and to go for things. Like I'm not saying that, but go hard in compassion, go hard in saying, you know what, I'm going to challenge that thought and be like, you know what, mean girl, you, it's fine. Like we're okay here. I understand that you're just trying to help out, but this isn't helping what you're doing. You know, that person that's screaming, running around saying the sky is falling, the sky is falling, right? That doesn't help the situation, but that's what we're allowing it to do. And that's what brings on the anxiety. That's what puts the spotlight on them. What's that's what kind of puts them in the center podium of our head. So we have to first recognize that this mean girl is there and that we're giving her center stage right now. So body acceptance is going to be one of the very last things that get comfortable here in your new world of food freedom or working on it. But this is why body acceptance is just so damn hard because you also have to understand that your body image and body acceptance are never going to be perfect. Like with the weight that you are right now, you are going to be heavier and you're going to weigh less than you are right now and throughout the rest of your life. Like you will, that's just where we're at right now. And to think that I'm bad if I go up five pounds, I'm good if I go down five pounds, it's such a black and white world, right? Well, I guess maybe if I get pregnant, oh, maybe if I have a kid, well, maybe if I, you know, have an injury and I have to stay, or if I stop doing this, blah, blah, blah. No, like, again, we're complex human beings and that's okay. So after decades of conditioning from diet culture, telling us that our bodies are only good or healthy if they're at a certain number on the scale or if they look a certain way, that doesn't mean that you're incapable of health or worthiness because I want you to hear this when I say this, your body shape is the least important thing about you. Now, before you turn off this episode, I want to tell you one thing. I understand completely what it's like to look in the mirror and to say to yourself, all right, if I just lose two inches in my stomach, or if I can just lose even an inch over my hips, or tone up my arms, right? I hate that word, but something you say, like, if I could just get rid of this little, you know, flab of on my arm here, I would just be so much happier. Like, that's all I want. I don't even want six pack abs. I just want like, you know, a flat stomach and I just want no cellulite here or there, blah, 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 or less cellulite or whatever it is. And, you know, if I could just get back, I would feel better. I would, um, you know, I, I would be so much happier. I know what that's like because after gaining weight in order to heal my relationship with food, that's all I thought about some days. I'd stare in the mirror and be like, what the hell happened to you, Christy? Like you lost yourself. You lost yourself. You have no muscle left. You are all just fat. And, and even just by playing tennis, you're not going to gain that muscle back. And what did you do? And I've had those days where I've stared at myself in the mirror crying. And I'm going to tell you one thing. The thing that I tell myself all the time is, Christy, you can go back to that life any time you want, anytime you want, you are more than welcome. No one's going to judge you. And if they do whatever, and instantly I'm like, Ooh, no, ew, ew. like 
counting and tracking my life away. Um, just being that person that's constantly saying, no, I can't, mommy can't go have ice cream with you. I'm so sorry. Or, you know, being that person that's like, oh no, I have to make a separate dinner than you. Mommy can't have pizza. She can only have this, you know, that type of thing or not being able to go out to, um, have, beer with my husband on a date night, you know, just being able to order what I want without having to, you know, worry about what I'm going to, how I'm going to fit into my macros or how I'm going to work this off later on. Like that right there tells me everything I need to know is that I have a choice. There is a cost to leanness. And if I want to get back to that, I can, but that's not the life I want to live. So when we think of, you know, diet culture telling us to be good or healthy, and that's only, you can only get healthy if you reach a certain number on the scale. Again, it doesn't mean you're incapable of health or worthiness. So whichever emotion or struggle is hurting you the most, like body image or self-compassion, that's a part of you that usually needs the most love and attention. And if you're feeling like, well, Christy, you know, I just want my knees to feel better and I want to, um, be able to just feel comfortable with myself. Great. Like no one's telling you, you can't work out. No one's saying you're either, um, you know, well, if I don't work out or eat healthy, well, who's saying you can't do that? Like you just don't have to be completely rigid about it. But this is the problem is that most people don't know how to be healthy without being on some sort of program or plan or diet which is why I've created my courageous nourisher program, my aligned eating program. Yeah, it's totally a shameless plug there. But honestly, when we think about it, you can, you can eat healthy. You can have salads and cookies coexist in your life. You can have um, lots of vegetables and fruits while going out and having a beer that night. You can work out, do yoga, go for a walk, weight lift, go to the golf range, do um, play tennis, whatever you want to do. You can do all of that and still go out for margaritas and tacos that night with the girls. You can do that. But again, it's those, those um, just food rules, those arbitrary food rules that we've been following. That's bad. I can't do that. But, but why? But why can't you? This is what we need to challenge in our brains is that that's not real. I don't need to follow that anymore. That's that's not me because personally, I want to live my life. I want my health to enhance my life, not take over it. So if you feel like your life is being taken over by numbers and good and bad food lists and your body absolutely needing to look a certain way or to weigh a certain amount, then that is the part of you that needs the most love and attention now. And that part of you is your self-care. Because likely right now, your self-care is the part of you that feels the most neglected. And that's the part that needs the most love from you. Now, self-care isn't forcing yourself to eat broccoli and dry chicken just so you can crash diet before the party on Saturday. No, 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 no. That is not self-care. Self-care is not restricting all the foods that you love just so you can lose five pounds before the vacation that you're going on. That's, that's not self-care whatsoever. And this is what creates the bad body image. Bad body image is, in a nutshell, a lack of self-awareness or it's a lack of self-worth or both. But 
again, the key word there is lack. And as long as you have lack, meaning you're missing something, or you don't have something, or you need something but can't get it, right? Like I need to be this size, or I need to get into that bathing suit that I wore five years ago, then you're always going to have that bad body image and that mean girl in the spotlight. So how we combat that is we take those really aggressively mean feelings and we treat them with compassion and a nurturing voice and we start taking care of ourselves. We don't crash diet. We don't go down to 1200 calories a day. We don't uh, take out our favorite foods. We start taking care of ourselves. We start moving our bodies because it feels good, because we want to be able to go play with our kids, because we want to be able to run that half marathon next year, because we do have goals and I want to get stronger. So I am going to work on my push ups. I am going to do my first pull up. You know, we can do this. We can use compassion as our form of, of, power as our form of confidence as our form of happiness but it has to be coming from a place to where we actually want that half the reason why you can't stick to a diet is because we really don't want that lifestyle like that's the reason why we're like oh gotta go on a diet got the wedding coming up got this got that but it lasts for how long and then you lose it and then you gain it all back and then what happens like It's all about living that life that you want to live. Like think about yourself five years from now. What's the life you want to live? I know that I want to live the life that I'm living now. I want to be active. I want to be better at tennis. I want to um, shoot in the seventies in golf. Like I want to be that person that works hard for her goals, but I'm not going to do it at the cost of my enjoyment of life at the cost of me, like losing myself, never seeing my kids and pounding myself with negativity and fear that I won't be good enough unless I reach that number on the scale or that certain size tag in my pants. Like this is where I'm talking about compassion can be tough. Compassion can be, you know, Hey, Christy, you know what? You haven't worked out in two days. You need to get your ass up and move. Like we're going for a walk. We're going to do yoga. We're going to do something. But compassion isn't all just sunshine and rainbows. Like self-care can sometimes be a real hard kick in the ass. Like what is, uh, she say on that one movie, I think it was house bunny, Anna Ferris. She goes, uh, kindness is just love with its work boots on. Well, that's how I feel about self-care. Like, yeah, self-care doesn't just mean getting manis and petties done to me. Self-care is like, oh shit, I got to feel good. I got to take care of myself. Like it's not always fun, but it's like brushing your teeth. Sometimes, sometimes it's like, I do this to prevent things. I do this to prevent disease and to take care of my bodily functions and my system so that I have a body that I can be proud of and take care of and love for and care for. That's the nurturing voice I'm talking about. So I want you to do this exercise for me, okay? Because we're going to talk to our mean girl. And yes, I have done this a billion times and I actually did this on my phone once and I bawled my eyes out when I was writing it. I was just having a day. Uh, It was in the middle of my food freedom journey and I was gaining weight and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what to do. And I wrote down, I'm gonna try and find it for you and make an episode about it, but um, this mean girl and I... I wrote down, like I brought her out from her shadowy corners of my mind with all the cobwebs where she lives and fear and in silence and just 
talk about her being so grotesque, like never seeing the sunlight and just, wow, she was just terrifying. So do this exercise for me in a quiet place in your house. When you're alone, you can do it right now in your head, talk to your mean girl and find out about her. Like name her. Yeah. I know this sounds all like woo woo, you know, Christy. Okay. But seriously, when you can give her a name, it separates her from you. It's not you being negative. Oh yeah. This is, uh, this is page. This is page being negative. Yep. Okay. Page. Hey, I got this. Don't worry. And when I found out my mean girl, the name that I got her from was uh, a book I was reading. It was Angel Fall by Susan E.E. E. And uh, I read this like probably 20 years ago. And when the book came out, um, there was this girl, Paige, and they turned her into this like it's like the sci-fi monster movie what, or book, whatever it is. But I was like, oh, my gosh, that's Paige. That's what she looks like. So I named her Paige. So, um, again, when you think about this, what you're doing is you're labeling her to separate yourself from her. Like this is not you. This is not who you are. It's your fear and your insecurities. And again, they're there for a reason. They do keep us alive. They keep us there for survival. I think people that say the word, oh, I'm fearless. Like that's dumb. Everybody has fear and fear can actually be a good thing because sometimes it can take us to places we've never been. Um, we could say, you know what? I don't want to be the person who I was last time. Like I fear that. So I am going to work so hard to not be that person. Um, that's a good thing. You can use fear to your advantage, but when you let it take over is when things get bad. So remember again, when you do this exercise, remember you're not her. She just happens to be the one that's currently talking in your head, kind of like that movie inside out when all the little colors are, you know, kind of talking at the, at the podium there. So which one's talking at the podium? Is it fear? Is it guilt? Is it shame? Is it uh, happiness? Is it joy? Is it anger? Is it sadness? I mean, you need to have all of them. Uh, it doesn't make you a bad person that sadness is up on the podium. It just means that, okay, they need to be heard. They need to say something. So allow that feeling to go and pass through you and let it move through you and, and let it go out of you. That's what emotions are meant to do. They're not supposed to stay and get boiled up until they fester into a big uh, infection in you. That's not what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to be heard, let out, and then they release. And then you kind of go through that cycle of emotions. So you don't have to identify with what the mean girl's saying, but I want you to ask her these questions, okay? So you can write these down, put them in the notes folder in your phone, think about them later, whatever you want to do. But ask her what she wants, right? A lot of times when I asked Paige, I'd be like, all right, Paige, what are you doing here? What do you want? And she would just say, I'm worried about you. Like, I'm scared you're going to lose friends. You're going to lose family. Nobody's going to love you and we have to be loved. So kind of keep going, right? I always say, ask like a five-year-old kid would ask, but why is the sky blue? But why is the sky blue? But why, 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 why? Okay. After that, all right, Paige, I know why you're here. I know what you want. What do you have to say? Christy, if you gain any more weight, you won't be able to recognize yourself. You won't be able to notice yourself. You will not be able to walk out of here. You will not be confident. You won't be happy. Like you're just not going to be a good person. You know, you're going to be unhealthy. And so I'm going to hear her out without judgment, not going to say anything. And then the next question, the next thing I want you to think about is I want you to listen, listen with intent to understand, not reply. 
and do yourself a favor. Do not take any of this personally. Look at what she has to say without the emotional caboose attached to it. And subjectively, not from a judgmental tower of accusation and shame, subjectively hear what she has to say. Okay. Let her go on. Well, why are you worried that your husband's going to leave you? Like, why are you worried that I won't have any friends if I gain weight? Why are you worried? Well, people won't like you. They're going to talk about you and we can't be talked about. And, you know, she's really honestly just looking after you. If you hear what she has to say, looking at it from just a complete data perspective, like, right, we're just gaining, we're researching right now. That's it. That's all we're doing. So after you ask her those questions, This is like one of the parts that's a little woo-woo, but honestly, do it. Give her a hug and tell her, thank you for teaching me this lesson. This is where I started bawling my eyes out when I was like, (laughs) it sounds so stupid. It does, but understand that this lesson, this, this hurtful person inside is trying to teach you is through their pain. It's because that fear and those insecurities, they're vulnerable. And so are you. But that's not who you are, right? You're just experiencing anxiety. You're just experiencing fear. You're just experiencing insecurity. But if you hold on to it long enough, it will turn you into an insecure person. It will turn you into a fearful person. And no amount of weight loss that you do is going to fix that. You will always be like that. So from here, Write this out in a journal if you have to. Like I said, type it in the notes on your phone, pause this episode and just talk to your inner mean girl, right? Because like I said, once I met mine, I saw her for the first time and she was haggard. She was scarred. She was bruised, like boiled skin and looked like she just got lit on fire, honestly. She was shoved in a corner. I had shoved her in this corner of shame and abused her so much that she looked like a monster from a horror film. I I journaled the shit out of my feelings and I still go back to it. You know, think about this when I hear Paige, you know, that mean girl in my head saying these things like, oh, really, Christy, are you sure you want to go for that roll in bread? Mm, Yep. Put the butter on it. Are you sure? Are you sure you want to do that? You sure you want to have that second glass of beer? I don't know. Your pants are fitting pretty tight today when you put them on. I don't know if you should do that. I honestly, I I take it in. I allow it to come in because forcing it not to be there can make things even worse. But then this is where the magic of the food freedom comes in is that I now have the choice. I have the choice to either have that extra beer or that roll or whatever my scared brain is trying to tell me not to do, or I have the choice not to. But the important part is I have the choice. And when you have the choice, you have the freedom. And when you're restricted, you don't have the choice. You either do or you don't, right? Black or white thinking, I'm either totally on today or I'm totally off. One or the other. There's never any middle. So even if I do go for that second beer, I challenge that mean girl and I challenge those thoughts. And this takes time and it takes practice. But now I'm also extremely conscious of how I want to feel later on, right? Or maybe after this beer, I am going to add a little bit more vegetables to my plate tonight. Doesn't mean I can only have vegetables, but there's a balance there. So this does take practice, but the way that you're going to know that this is working, because this is going to take time, this is going to take practice. It's not anything that you're going to be like, yay, I've been cured. Yes. No, no, no. You'll know this is working based on what your roommate is saying about other people and yourself in your head. 
Let me explain. We only talk about and put down others when we ourselves are feeling less than. So our mean girls are no different. When you find yourself talking about somebody else, about their body shape, about how they shouldn't be wearing that, or wow, did you see her? She's gained weight. You're talking about their shortcomings, which means you're just displaying your fears out loud. We call this gal pal fat talk, right? Like, oh, oh my gosh, you should, I've gained so much weight. Oh, honey, you haven't seen me naked. Oh, blah, blah. No, no, no. You don't need to engage in that. That doesn't help anyone. And again, our mean girl, she knows our shortcomings inside and out. And when she's feeling inadequate or unheard or unloved, our fears and our insecurities come out, right? So the key here is to start giving other people right? Down the street, not even knowing them, even if it's in your head saying, oh my gosh, you look great today. Be giving people compliments, things like that. Giving our mean girl compliments or saying, hey, listen, I understand, but thanks. I got it from here. Like, do you need a hug? You sound like you need a hug. You know, talking to your mean girl like that, because when you start talking to yourself like that, talking to other people like that, that's how you're going to then become that person. You're going to start becoming what you constantly think about. So instead of constantly thinking about how you're fat, you're ugly, you're never uh, gonna make it, nobody loves you, that's what you'll become. So this, again, it's challenging and it's not just like, oh, hey, all right, I guess I got to tell myself I love myself. No, sometimes it starts with that neutral thought of, okay, I hate my body to I have a body. All right, we're, we're getting on, you know, a different path here that feels weird, but you know what? I'm not going to dwell on this today. I'm not going to allow these bad body image days or these thoughts to completely ruin not only my day, but my life. My body shape is the least important thing about me. If I take care of myself, that's what matters. And again, going back to what I talked about, I think the episode before this was, I deserve it, I give it. I deserve it, I give it. If I deserve love and compassion, I'm gonna give it to other people. And sometimes again, that love and compassion isn't always sunshine and rainbows coming out of your ass. You know, sometimes it is love with its work boots on, right? Sometimes it is a hearty, get your ass up, we're going. No, we're doing this today. This is what's going on. And and sometimes that's compassion and sometimes that's love and sometimes that's self-care. So understand that there's a whole world of compassion and self-care out there that you don't know about because honestly, bad body image days are actually selfish in a way because we're thinking so much about ourselves. So this kind of diverts that attention because what you think about, you will become. If you constantly say you're fat, disgusting, ugly, you will become that person and you will find proof. Your brain will go to find the proof that tells you, see, this is why you're fat. See, this is why you're disgusting. See, this is why nobody loves you. So the process is to reverse engineer this because this is a skill. And this is basically your self-worth. So if you don't have any self-worth, you won't have confidence and you don't have happiness. That's, that's it right there. And I'm about to teach you the 14 skills or steps that you can take and basically things you can do on bad body image days. So let's get down to it. Let's get down to numero uno right here. Number one is to assess your misery gap. Okay, let me explain the misery gap like this. So you're likely in a place where you're like, yes, Christy, I want to undiet. I want to heal my relationship with food. I don't want to have to count calories or track points or only eat off of a good or bad foods list. Like I want to be able to go out, order what I want and stop eating at a comfortable point. 
but you are scared shitless at the same time of gaining weight. You want to allow all foods to fit. You want to be able to keep ice cream in the house, but you know that you're going to devour it the second it comes in. So you don't do it because you're so scared you're going to gain weight. This is the misery gap. So you basically have this line. And on one end, you are this person that wants food freedom. You want to stop dieting, but you still want to be healthy. You want to have balance and flexibility in your life, right? And then on the other end of this line, you're like, but I also really need to lose like 20 to 50 pounds. I need to tone up. I need to look good in a swimsuit. And if I gain weight, I'm unhealthy. And that's not good for me. So you're stuck in between this gap, like running back and forth minute to minute. Like I want to lose weight. Oh, but I want to find food freedom. I can't gain any more weight. Oh, but I really want to stop dieting. So you're stuck in this gap of complete and utter misery. So what happens here is that subconsciously weight loss is your progress marker. You think that if you gain weight, you're a failure, but you don't understand, Christy. I cannot gain any more weight. I'm at my heaviest. So that completely stops you from even trying this food freedom journey. So what happens is you're setting yourself up for failure because weight loss is your progress marker and it's your standard for success. So when I say reassess your misery gap, we need to reroute your progress marker so you can get out of that damn gap. Maybe weight loss or weight gain isn't what I should be going for. Maybe my new progress marker is I just want to feel good. Feeling good means my knees don't hurt because of the weight that I've gained. Feeling good means, wow, I had the pizza to satisfy my craving, but I also had that big bowl of vegetables with it, or I had a side salad with it. And actually the variety made me feel completely satiated. I didn't have to miss out on either thing. So now we're replacing that end of, but I can't gain weight to, but I just need to feel good. So when you're in the misery gap, you need to assess both ends of the spectrum. One of them is going to be a social standard. I can't gain any more weight. I have to get back down to that size. If I gain weight, I'm a failure. If I get into this, uh, size of pants again, uh, then I've completely failed, or I need to lose weight before this event coming up. That right there is the social standard. And then you have the other end, which is, I know I need to heal my relationship with food, but this is hard. And I'm scared that if I fail, I don't know what it's like to fail here. At least if I fail with a diet, at least I know what it feels like to fail there. So assessing your misery gap means getting a little bit uncomfortable. All right, that was the first one. And I promise I'm going to go quicker on the rest. But here's the second one. Body image fix number two. Tell yourself that you are the new standard. So what if your body shape, exactly the way that it is now, was the new standard? So play along with me here because this is gonna take some imagination, but I want you to think, because you're like, oh yeah, Christy, nobody's gonna wanna see this body. But listen, envision that everyone wanted to look like you. You are on the cover of Vogue. Your current life is on display with a reality TV show waiting on your response based off your current routines around food, exercise, and your body. How would you feel if your Instagram DMs were filled with people saying how much they adored your curves, your cellulite, your style, your confidence, and your funk? Like, how would you feel about your body? Oh my gosh, how did you get, like, can you tell me what workout routine are you doing? What, uh, what meal plan are you on, right? All the questions everybody asks, all the fitspos, right? Oh, what are you doing? I want to look just like you. Because someone out there right now is wanting to look just like you. 
I kid you not, someone out there is picturing your body as the ideal body of health and love. So visualizing this, your body right now is the perfect body. You're proud of yourself. You're proud of your body. You can actually accept it and love it, right? So now come back to real life for a hot sec here. What changed when you snapped out of this, right? Nothing. You can be whoever the hell you want to be based on your inner thoughts. So do you ever wonder why you see someone who lives in a bigger body appreciating and loving it more than you ever could in your smaller size? Because they own their thoughts, they own their authentic body, and they know that they are the ideal standard. So do you know that? The third body image fix is stop thinking about yourself. Remember, we talked about thinking uh, about yourself or your bad body image being a sign of selfishness. So let me explain it to you like this. Do you ever stand in front of someone and kind of just your mind is talking in the background and you don't even hear a word that they're saying, but you're like, oh man, I hope they like me. I hope they don't find me unrelatable or weird. Like, oh, do they think I'm too fat? And they're talking and you're nodding like, yep, I'm listening, but not really. And as much as you don't think so, your body posture and your face is going to start to show that lack of confidence and that just need of please like me, please like me. So stop thinking about yourself and ask instead, all right, how can I help this person in front of me? How can I encourage them? How can I leave them better than I found them? What can I say that's going to give them hope and encouragement and love? Because most people don't receive that because that's the exact same thing you need. Remember, people are thinking about you a lot less than you think they are. People are too busy thinking about themselves. So make it about them and you'll stop thinking about yourself. And all you're going to want to do is just keep making more people's days by saying, wow, you really light up a room when you come in. Or, you know, you have the best smile I've ever seen. Like, you know, when you just started talking, I was just instantly just magnetized to you. You are so magnetic. Your personality is unbelievable. You know, keep doing what you're doing. Like, those are the compliments I'm talking about. So number four, the fourth exercise is to name and recognize the characters in your head. So remember that movie Inside Out I was talking about earlier with Amy Poehler. So the characters were all different colors and identified as their emotions. And Riley was the main character and the girl who felt all of these emotions inside of her. But her emotions inside were joy, which was yellow. Sadness was blue. Disgust was green. Fear was purple. And anger was red. So whoever was in charge took over the podium inside her mind and controlled Riley's life, right? And how she thought. So think about this as you go on with your day and understand who's at the podium. Like who's controlling it now? Is it disgust? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it jealousy? And don't forget about your meat girl in there too, right? Don't identify with that emotion as who you are, but understand that okay, sadness is here right now. I'm just experiencing sadness. I'm just experiencing jealousy, which means if I'm experiencing jealousy or fear or lack of control, it means I have lack. Where do I feel like I have lack in my life? So you're allowed and encouraged to feel these feelings. Don't say, oh my God, sadness is here. Something's wrong with me. No, you're, you're supposed to feel all the feels. Like that's what being a human being is about. That's what living this life is about. It's not always going to be joy at the podium. You're going to have sadness. You're going to have fear. So why is it that when they finally get up to that podium, we're like, ooh, no, I'm bad. I've failed. I did something wrong. I had a bad day today. No, you are freaking human. Remember that. 
So don't allow these feelings to become who you are because you're just experiencing them. Remember to walk into those rooms of emotions, but don't unpack and live there. Number five is to find your doppelganger. So go through your social media like right now, or if you're driving, do it after, and unfollow or mute anyone who makes you feel unworthy, inadequate, or less than. As a former bodybuilder, it it killed me to do this, to unfollow the people who I had admired from afar for so long. But the truth was their posts of their hashtag no days off and hashtag burn off that pizza from last night were really conflicting with my new beliefs. So I unfollowed them or muted them and I began creating this really uplifting and inspiring feed. And now I go to Instagram and scroll at any time I feel like I need some inspiration or love or something like that. So I've curated it to be my place of joy and support. So once you've altered your social media feed for growth, find your doppelganger or your person who resembles you in this battle. So you find the person that has the body shape like you, who is like, oh my gosh, she's in this, you know, intuitive eating world, uh, health at every size world, the H-A-E-S. You can uh, follow those hashtags and find all those influencers and people out there that are just like you. And number six, understand that your past traumas are alive and well. So think of your past traumas, if you have the mental capacity to do so right now, But just touch on them. You don't have to go deep inside. But think about the feelings and the emotions that you have when they come up. I know mine include shame, guilt, inadequacy, pain, unlovability, if that's a word, being used, terrifying, horrific, low self-worth, bitterness, jealousy, and a whole hell of a lot of hurt. So these traumas bring up these really painful emotions in us. And those emotions are brought up to try and protect us from it basically ever happening again. So we have an extra sensitive uh, kind of radar sense of, oh no, that could happen again. Oh no, like this thing is going to come up again just because uh, you wore the same thing that you wore last time this happened or um, that song was playing when this happened or anything that goes like that. It could bring it up. I mean, like that. So these emotions from your past, they're going to be used like hazard lights on a car when they think that you're in danger or close to that trauma again. So maybe your endeavor for a smaller body comes from a past traumatic experience that left you on a search for acceptance, love, and adequacy. Only a smaller body won't get you those things like your past traumas think it will. I remember one time I started bawling my eyes out when I got to a weight that I hit that was really high for me. And I was that same weight when one of my past traumatic experiences happened to me. And I thought that it was going to happen all over again. So again, this is your fear and your insecurities talking, but just understand that thanks fear, but I've got it from here. Like, thanks mean girl. Thanks Paige, but I can handle it from here. I know this isn't going to happen again. So just even calming that nerve down, going from that fight or flight mode and even taking a few deep breaths into rest and digest mode, like calming and balancing out your central nervous system can really help you. So number seven is to flip that linguistic switch. It is that simple. 
So when you're looking into the mirror in a target dressing room and think, I am so fat, like what? How did I get to this size? I can't believe this cellulite. Like I swear dressing rooms have the worst lighting. But the things that you can say or the linguistic switch that you can flip is instead of I am so fat, I hate my body. It's I have fat on my body just like everyone else, right? And when you're getting ready for that party and been changing outfits for an hour and think to yourself, I need to lose weight. I don't want to go out tonight. I am embarrassed of myself. Change that narrative to I need to add more self-care to my day, right? And then ask yourself, what does self-care mean to you? Do you need to take a nap? Do you need to just add some vegetables to your plate without taking anything else away? Do you need to go for a walk? Like, what do you need in that moment? So Also, when you say to yourself, I hate myself, change that to I'm learning to love myself, right? I hate my body. I have a body or something that I always use is, you know what, Christy, you can't drop 10 pounds in five minutes before you leave. So this is, this is the body that you're working with right now. Okay. Don't allow this one moment, this feeling of social acceptance and hate for yourself take over this night. Don't let it ruin your life and don't let it stop you from enjoying exactly what you're here on this earth to enjoy because then it wins. I always find it absolutely awful that we think it's okay to say these things to ourselves, but if we hear our best friend or our child or our niece or our nephew or someone we love saying these things to themselves, then we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. No, don't you think that? But yet we do about ourselves all the time. No, no, no. It's okay that I berate myself, but you're not allowed to berate yours. That's, that's not okay on either end right? I always think to myself, gosh, what if my child was saying that to me? Mom, I'm too fat. I hate my body. I hate myself for getting like this. How did I let myself go like this? You know, imagine a seven-year-old saying that to you. And the funny thing is your inner child can hear you and they have heard everything that you've ever said about your body. They've heard all of the harmful words. So think instead, how can I show up for myself today? How can I become my own biggest fan? Imperfections and all. Because you know what? You're working on things and it's not gonna happen tomorrow. It's not gonna happen by next week. But by working on something means you're doing something about it instead of just stewing over it and hating yourself for not being perfect. Number eight, think about the people you love and hate. So think of someone you hate. Now think of someone you love. Which person do you take better care of? So now ask yourself the same question. If you hate yourself or your body, you probably won't take care of yourself as well as someone or something that you love. Learn to accept your flaws because every single person has them. My gosh, if you are having trouble adding balance into your nutrition, if you're having trouble adding workouts to your life, if you're depressed, if you have anxiety, if you are someone who is working on your mental health, freaking welcome to the human race. My friends, learn that you are still lovable, even if you've done things in your life that make you feel unlovable. Every plant has different forms of care. Some grow faster, some grow better in the sun, while others grow better in the shade. Some need more water than others, and some need freaking ice cubes. Don't be a cactus trying to grow in the jungle. You are different and the world needs you living in your most authentic way. Number nine, ask yourself, 
what your end goal is at the end of your life. Personally, I don't want to be the one on my deathbed thinking, oh my gosh, I stayed inside my Weight Watchers points today. I win. I don't want to be the one that didn't go out that night because I wanted to weigh five pounds less. I don't want to be the one that spends her whole life battling her weight. I want to be the one that goes on the skydiving expedition. I want to be the one that takes off the cover up and just runs into the waves at the beach. I want to be the permission slip. I want to be the one that everyone says, wow, I want to be as free as her because I feel free when I am free. When I'm not worried about what others are thinking about me, when I'm not trying to fit the social norm, fit inside this tiny little box that us women are supposed to fit into because I don't freaking fit in there. And I don't want to fit in there. That's not the life I want to live. So find out what life you want to live. What is your end goal? I just want to be healthy. And that doesn't mean that I can't have carbs or sugar or I can't ever eat ice cream again. It means that I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to work out to feel good, not to get down to a certain weight. And I'm going to eat what nourishes and energizes and satisfies my body instead of eating to fit into a stupid macro plan that knows nothing about me. Number 10, ask better questions. If you have a problem that you're not sure how to handle about your body or your food choices, ask yourself, what is the end result I want out of this problem? So if you don't know that end result or the outcome, you may not get the result that you wanted. So ask better questions. A lot of times I ask people, well, where do you want to be in five years? Like, who do you want to be? And they're like, I don't know. I'm just trying to survive right now. But that's actually a really terrible answer. And you're not going to ever find happiness because you don't know what happiness is. Maybe it's a goal to get more sleep. Like, be simple here. Maybe you want to feel better and have more energy. Shoot, sleep is the first place to go there. Maybe you want to try eating a new vegetable every week that you haven't tried before. Maybe you want to try and drink more water than you have. Maybe you want to try to get outside for at least five minutes a day. A lot of times the biggest problem people have and the biggest problem I had was I need to lose weight so I can be healthier and feel better about myself. And then I dug deeper. Like, why is this feeling so important to me? Because I was so sick of binge eating and feeling like trash all the time. That binge hangover is awful. The morning after a binge is probably one of the most just disgusting feelings because you have guilt and shame and judgment all over you and you can't get it off. I was so sick of feeling so restricted all the time that it just led me straight into binge eating all the time. Like I was so all or nothing, either on or off. There was never any in between. I just wanted a freaking in between. And in these instances, I would just ask myself, why can you not follow this plan? Why do you have no self-control? Why do you have no willpower? Why are you so bad at this? And a better question to ask would be, why is this goal so important to me? Why is weight loss so important to me? And then I'd answer, well, because it's going to make me healthier and make me feel better about myself. Then my mind started opening up and I was like, well, I could also fit into those pants from back then and I'm going to be more attractive and people are going to think better of me and more highly of me and people are going to look at me with uh, admiration and that's all I really wanted. I wanted that attention. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, that is exactly why I wanted to lose weight. 
And that's going deep. That's in a place where I am pretty embarrassed to say it, but it's how I truly feel. And to me, it was security that I was lovable. And so I started opening up, like really opening up and thinking, I feel unlovable if I'm not at a certain size. And looking back now, I can see, well, it's because I didn't love myself and I had low self-worth. In my head, other people had to love me before I could love me. And that was not the life I wanted to live. So my goals rerouted. And going back to question nine, what is your end goal with all of this? I'm like, I just want to be healthy. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so if my thought is I want to be a healthy person, then I shouldn't focus on what a healthy person looks like. I should focus on their actions, their schedule and how they feel, right? What does a person who has energy and nourishment and those people who I feel like they just eat all day, but they're just like, they kind of graze or I always wondered how those freaking magicians could just leave a half a cookie on their plate and how they're like, oh yeah, I went and worked out today. I just felt like it. I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you just go out and eat without having a plan or rules to follow. Like I didn't understand it. And I wanted to be those people because the people, the healthiest people I knew were the people that weren't on diets. They weren't the people that lost 30 pounds in a month and then gained 40 pounds back the next month. They were the people that ate the cookies, that ate the salads, that would go for random walks. They never turned down a beer and they always had snacks in their purse. They ate whatever they wanted, but always used moderation. They were conscious and mindful of what they ate. So I started to think, instead of looking like them, how do I start acting like them? And that's what we're talking about with asking better questions. So more questions you can ask yourself is, why is this feeling so important to me? Like, why am I trying not to feel this awful feeling? Or what happens if I don't solve this problem? Is this even a problem I need to solve? What happens when I do solve this problem? How will it change my life? Like the best questions are often the simplest or the ones that you're truly afraid to ask yourself or truly afraid to answer. And number 11, what is the story you're telling yourself? When you're facing the worry wart of fear and anxiety and can't stop rocking back and forth with scarcity and panic, ask yourself, what story are you currently telling yourself? I remember one time I kept changing my outfit for a wedding we were attending and my husband kept yelling at me because we were running late. I know it's always me. Finally, I picked out my safe outfit and then I stumbled into the car with one shoe on and the other one in my hand. And I completely scowled when he asked me, what's wrong? I told him about my outfit conundrum and he brushed it off like it was nothing or you're just being a girl, blah, blah, blah. Well, I got angry at his lack of interest in my fear, and that started a whole big fight. And I finally told him, the story I'm telling myself is, thank you, Brene Brown, that people are going to think I'm fat and that I've gained weight if I show up in this dress that's too tight or unflattering for me. They're going to comment on my weight gain, and you'll run off with a hot bridesmaid, and my life will be over. And I cried to him as I totally sunk in my seat. And as you can imagine, he thought I was crazy, but saying it out loud actually helped me gain traction over flying off the handles into what if land. So this phrase really works and saying it out loud, getting your fears and insecurities out in the spotlight because they hate the spotlight. They love the dark corners of your mind. It uncovers the hidden meetings behind your fantasy fears. Number 12, don't sit on your cape. 
When you're in a low place, consumed by depression and low self-worth, you may not be able to change your mind at that time, but you can change your stature. So this is like a real thing and you could do it right now. Stand up or sit up straight, lift up your chin and stand tall or sit up real tall, chest out and put your hands on your hips and put one leg forward and let your cape fly. Stand in a superhero stance. There is a psychological, I don't know, neurological pattern in our bodies that when we feel this powerful movement, when our chest is out, when we are proud, when we are confident, our physical stature changes our moods. It is a act, an act within our bones, our body, our biological chemical makeup that will actually send more serotonin and good feeling hormones into our brains. So use this whenever you need a pick me up and feel free to look stupid in order to be someone who's willing to change their lives and get a little uncomfortable in the process. So number 13, breathe for anxiety don't discount this one. I know we've all been told it's a woo-woo thing. Breathe, just breathe, take deep breaths. But I've done breathing exercises before and this one helped me more than any of the other ones I've tried. So you can test it out right now too. So what you do is you, this is called tactical breathing, but you take a deep breath in through your nose to fill up your lungs in a count of four, right? One, two, three, four. Hold, let it out, two, three, four. Like do that right now. You can pause this or do it again. Um, Do it four times in a row. In four, slow count of four, pause and hold, and then let it out. So this is um, something they do as well in uh, like anxiety therapy too. It's like if you completely go into a ball, like scrunch your fists and completely get into a big ball and just squeeze everything as tight as you can, your toes, your jaws clenched, and then you just crisscross your arms and hold yourself super tight and you squeeze as hard as you can for 10 seconds. And then if you let go, it will actually help reduce your anxiety levels. Pairing that with breathing, holy cow. What's actually happening is you're taking all of that tension that you wanna feel if you're clenching your jaws, if you're like really kind of like getting into that aggressive tightening mode. And it's forcing you to feel all those feels and to feel the tightness. And a lot of times in my brain, I can just imagine this whirlwind of just to-do lists and things I haven't gotten done yet and all the things I wanna be and can't be and won't be and blah, 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 all the fear and insecurity and anxiety in my brain is just this big tornado. And then when I unclench, it's like it just goes away. And that's the same with breathing. When you breathe in and breathe out and you breathe slowly, what it does is it changing your changes your breathing patterns, which balances out your nervous system, which takes you from the fight or flight mode into rest and digest mode. So breathing is not just good for you because it gives you oxygen to your brain, but it helps calm you and it physically calms your body and your nerves, which then causes your brain to relax as well. And the last one, number 14, tame the monster before it gets too big. That mean girl, that monster, can turn into a raging she-hulk if we let them. And the truth is, they'll never truly go away. 
right? They're the roommate in our heads. They're our conscious. They're our fear, our insecurities, but they're also trying to keep us safe and keep us alive. So they do have a job to do. But again, they're always going to be there. So our thoughts, our bad thoughts, our fears, our insecurities, they're never truly going to go away. But we can quiet them. We can say, hey, you can reach the podium, but you're only going to get 10 seconds up there, right? That's all I'm going to allow. And this is boundary setting. This is saying, I am not going to allow myself to go off into this tangent of fear and hopelessness and made up stories in my head that aren't even really going to come true. So again, understand that your mean girl just needs to be understood. Your mean girl just wants to be heard. So hear them out, listen, and then get curious on what the underlying meaning of why they showed up is. And at this very moment, you can tell them, hey, thank you so much for telling me that. I appreciate you saying that. I've got it from here. Or you know what? I'm going to look into this. I don't have time right now, but after work, I'm going to make sure I give this time. They showed up for a reason. You can give them that attention that they need to say, hey, I heard you, I hear you, and we're going to take care of this. But remember that you're in control. Your mean girl is just an emotion that you're experiencing. So tell them, listen, I hear you, I see you, and I love you, but I'm not going to dance with you right now. Like give yourself the power of knowing that you're in charge here and walk them to a safe place in your mind where they can feel loved, understood, and heard. That's all you want to feel too. So other than that, I have a couple of body acceptance affirmations for you as well. All right. And again, when I talk about body acceptance and body love, I used to think this was a crock of shit. I used to think this stuff was like, oh, you're giving up on yourself. Okay. So you just want to eat donuts all day and not work on yourself. Cool. Great. But that's actually the exact opposite of what it is. Uh, every single sports psychology book I've read, um, I read a lot on golf and on tennis. They all say the same things and they all say to master what you do, right? To master your sport or to master yourself or your body image. It takes compassion. Compassion is the secret weapon that everybody thinks is weakness, but it's actually an incredible amount of strength because to accept yourself in a world that tells you not to is one of the most courageous things that you could do. So I'm going to tell you that by saying these body acceptance affirmations, affirmations are great, but they don't work without action. You have to be there. You have to challenge yourself and you have to constantly challenge your mind with, we're not doing this right now. I refuse to engage. This isn't who I want to be. Set up those boundaries as to what you're going to accept and what you're not. So as far as these affirmations go, post them up on your mirror. The bathroom mirror is the best place to put it because you can always look at it while you're brushing your teeth, right? I mean, what else are you going to do for two minutes, twice a day? So here goes body acceptance affirmations that you can use to constantly and subconsciously tell your brain the things that it needs to hear so you can launch yourself into the change that you want to be. First one. This may or may not be my forever body, but I'm going to treat it and respect it like it is. Find a way to be a blessing to people. I am not these thoughts. I'm just experiencing these thoughts. The story I'm telling myself is dot, 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 fill in the blank. What is the opposite of the harmful feeling that I'm experiencing or the thing that I'm telling myself? What is the exact opposite of it? What does this feeling feel like? 
What does it smell like? What does it look like? What does it sound like and taste like? Does it have a color, a vibration, or a tone to it? Where do I feel it in my body? What I mean by this is when I uh, got jealous, I would feel it in my throat. I noticed it was like a circly red kind of fuzzy feeling. When I felt disgusted in myself, I felt it in my head. It was like a blue square. It's important to just kind of name these. And again, you're labeling them because it's not you. It's just, oh, the blue square is back. Okay, here we go. Oh, that red fuzzy feelings here. You'll be able to place it better and say, oh my gosh, I'm feeling it in my throat. That's jealousy. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling jealous. Wow, I didn't know I was feeling that. Okay, then you can kind of dig a little deeper if you have the mental capacity to do so. Again, this is where this all starts. It's all investigation. It's all data. It's just research right now. Remove the emotional caboose from it and you don't have to make it into this whole emotional, why am I this way, blah, 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 blah. You're not. You're a human freaking being and that's okay. We've all created our own self-made prisons, honestly, but we all have the key. We become what we think about most often. So make that thought an empowering thought. The desire to do something different comes from your desire to become inspirational and more than what you currently are. But the question then becomes, how do you make that sustainable and renewable throughout your life? All right, so the last thing I'm gonna leave you with is this quote by Howard Thurman. I will not ask what the world needs. I will ask what makes me come alive because what the world needs is people who have come alive. My friends, that is the end of our very long episode, part two. And I wanna thank you for sticking with me till the end here. And if this hit you in the feels, if this episode was like, holy shit balls, this was fire, would you please do me a favor? Uh, by all means, this would be just mean the world to me, is to hit five stars on the reviews, write a review on how this helped you and share it with the people that you love. Because the more that this podcast and this episode gets viewed, the more people it's going to reach and help. So thank you so much for doing that. And by all means, if you're like, Christy, I'm, I'm ready to do this. Like I need to call you. We need to talk. Then I want to talk to you too. I want to hear your story. I want to help you reach this lifestyle of complete balance. I want you to be able to keep any food in the house without binging on it. I want you to live this life of freedom because life is just so damn good here. And I truly want that for you too. So if that's you, find the show notes below this episode. It's a completely free call, no pressure, just you and me, where I'm going to give you your next three crucial steps to get you going on this journey. And from there, we'll talk and see if you're a good fit for my Courageous Nourisher Aligned Eating Program. And if not, then you can walk away with those three bulletproof steps and they are yours to take. But my main goal is to hear your story and get you set up for success so you can stop running the diet rat race. So schedule that call and, and let's chat. Let's get you to a better place this year and let's finally heal your relationship with food. All right, my friends, that is all I have for you today. Until next time, intuitively strong out.